Welcome to Ride Around the Road, the creative podcast that helps you get those pesky voices out of your head and onto the page. And remember, it's the journey that matters. And welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. Uh, today, everybody, it's a very, very sad occasion for me because my beautiful, beautiful guest today uh, lives in and loves the tropics. I am talking to the backpacking housewife. Welcome, Janice Horton. Hello. Hi, Melinda. It's great to speak to you. Yeah. Now, I found Janice, everybody, because on Instagram there are all these amazing, amazing photos and curiosity got the better of me and I did contact Janice. Janice is an author, freelance journalist and uh, I guess itinerant, aren't you? You are, I guess you are what we call location-free. Yeah, I suppose we are. We we literally have been travelling around the world for almost five years now, my husband and I. Yeah, the ultimate digital nomads, everybody. Um, Janet has left her children to suffer the empty nest syndrome and she and her husband have run away to travel the world. Uh, to track her down this morning, Janice has been, and we're going to talk about this uh, at some length, I should imagine, because I know me, been staying in a French mm-hmm. chateau, a 500-year-old French chateau in France, while she wrote uh, her first novel for a traditional publisher, I think, and I'll confirm that in a moment, um, for Harper Collins, which is really, really exciting. Um, but at the moment, she's just travelled back from her French chateau via Japan, San Francisco, and she's back on a little island in the Caribbean. Janice, did I get those details right? A little bit. <laughs> yeah, we actually were in um, South Korea and we were visiting our son who lives over there, one of our sons. And uh, when we travel back through to the island, we travel via Beijing and over to San Francisco. So we did have the islands in the Eastern Caribbean. We're actually just um, just off the coast of Honduras. Uh, everybody, uh, you're going to hear chickens in the background. Uh, and we can't do anything about that because Janice lives in this wonderful little hoochie that only has fly screen windows and we've got a nice tropical uh, downpour happening at the moment. You can start to see why I'm jealous, everybody. Uh, and the internet may be a little bit unstable, but I'm going to persevere with it because I want to hear Janice's story. Janice has been picked up by HarperCollins uh, for HarperCollins's Impulse Line and the thing she had to do to get this novel written in a short time frame is worth a podcast all on its own but this is Janice's 13th novel and 13 may be unlucky for some but I'm guessing it's lucky for Janice. Janice how did you manage to end up in a French castle of 500 years of age I'm very impressed with that obviously and uh writing for your life I think over over a three-month period. Well, at the time that I was approached by Charlotte Ledger, who's the uh, editorial director of Harper Impulse uh, in London, um, I was traveling and she pitched to me um, that I should write a fiction-based book um, loosely about about my um, travels. And I accepted and I signed the contract, And but I really needed somewhere to write it. So... We decided, my husband and I, that we'd settle down for the time it took to write the book. And we applied to do some house sitting. Now, we've never done house sitting before, but I think it's going to be in our future for sure because we we loved it. Um, But I joined this house sitting website online. And within, I would say, a few hours, we had three offers 
um, to look after various animals and houses, and, and they were all in France. Anyway, we picked one and you know responded positively. And after a few um, exchanges of emails and a Skype interview, we were offered the job. So we flew from Kuala Lumpur um, to uh, France to Bordeaux, and they, we picked up by the owners and taken to this beautiful chateau uh, in the vineyard country. And um, I settled down to write the book. And we were there, in fact, for six months. It was wonderful. Yeah. Now, everybody, six months um, in a French vineyard. What can I say? Now, I really want to unpack how you managed to write because the first book you wrote took you four years, you said, and then you started Mm -hmm. to get a little bit quicker and suddenly you find yourself under the pump writing in three months. Now, you set yourself a, a weekly schedule instead of a daily schedule. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I decided I had to be absolutely methodical about it. Um, I had to get up in the morning and write um, to a word count. But a weekly word count worked better for me, I think, because it did allow for any days that didn't go as quite as planned or whatever. Um, And so that way I could keep track of my word count and make sure that I had the required length of story and I could deliver on time on deadline which yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah, and, and a huge congratulations to you, and I hope you went and raided the grapevines to celebrate that one. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but the story of it is what fascinates me most. You wrote three, th- or everybody, if you're going to pitch to these guys, they like to see three chapters. You wrote three lots of first chapters and let your editor choose the one she liked. Yeah, and that was because, um, unusually, I suppose, I didn't actually pitch the book. Um it was something that, you know, um, I had to put together from scratch. And, yeah, I had a contract to do so. <laughs> and I was really wanted to make sure that my lovely editor um, knew how the story was going to progress. And the first three chapters, of course, set the whole story up. So I wrote the first three chapters three times and gave her three different variations. And once we agreed on one, then I didn't submit to her again then until I'd finished the book. So yeah. I so, could sit down and concentrate. Now, this is this is um, serendipity, everybody, uh, one step at a time. To actually just trip over a, I guess, the editorial director of a major publishing house in itself is an amazing story. Well, yes, I, I had actually met Charlotte Ledger um, several years before and I was really quite... Um, quite chuffed was the word I would use, charmed really, that she remembered me from that meeting because it was several years earlier. I'd pitched a book to her that I actually went on on and self-published, but uh, she remembered me and she said that she'd fallen in love with my writing at that point. So um, I was really pleased at that and, you know, absolutely thrilled to work with Charlotte and to work with Harper Impulse because they're a great romance imprint. Yeah, and the the time frame between your, that original pitch to her of yours that you indie published and the book that you've written now, what sort of time frame is that? About five years. Yeah, yeah. and that's what it takes, everybody. Uh, and in that time, you've got twelve indie books published, uh, and yeah. You've, yeah, you've got two two names. You publish under two names, don't you? Yeah, I d- I did have a go at writing chick lit. I would call it a bit of fun, and. Um, 
I was particularly proud of, of the story, but it didn't fit in with my adventure romances. And I didn't want to confuse the two or my building our readership. So I decided to uh, write I Need a Doctor under the name of Janie Travis. And so um, that's my my pen name, if you like, but um, only for the one book. Um, and if I ever write any more chiclet, then of course I would use that name. Yeah. Now, adventure romances, everybody. This is a lady that, you know, trips from San Francisco to France back to the Caribbean all just because she can and settles down for a while. I love that settling down for a while and you consider six mm. months a settling down period. I love it. And now you're back in the Caribbean. Are you in the Caribbean for long? Um, yeah, we plan to stay here for the summer until, the, well, rainy season happens here in, in October. So we have to do a visa run. Um you know, you have to do that after 90 days. You have to leave Honduras and um, 72 hours out the country and then come back. So uh, we've already planned that trip and we're going to go to Panama because we haven't been to Panama before. And I'd love to see the Panama Canal and the old town. And a few days there would be perfect to do that. So that's what we're going to do. And yeah. then we're coming straight back here. So you do have a bit of a home base, don't you? Well, we treat this as, um, this is actually a very special island. Um, we came here first, when we first started traveling, almost, as I say, almost five years ago, we sold our home and everything we had basically, except for a few odds and bits that we put into storage. Um, but we came here to the Caribbean and we found this little island and we love it. We love the people here. Um, it's got some kind of vibe that I, I don't know how to describe it. It just feels very special. And we sort of relaxed into it immediately. Yeah. Now, everybody, I'm looking at this beautiful, beautiful blonde-haired lady. You have um, now are they real tattoos down your own arm, or are they um, yeah. what do you call it, Hannah? They're just amazing. I mean, yeah, this is actually quite special because my husband has exactly the same tattoo. It's a half sleeve on my left arm, and um, he has the same one. But he, I have a pen on mine. This like an old-fashioned feather pen, you see? And he has a diver on his because he's a diver. But otherwise, the tattoo is the same. And we had them done to celebrate our wedding anniversary last year. Yeah. And this is, like, this is just the most amazing story, everybody. Imagine the fodder for your romance adventures, our adventure romances. Uh, Harper Lee, oh, sorry, Harper Collins, have they picked you up for a two-book contract or is it just the single contract at this stage? Um, the contract states that they have first refusal on my next book, um, which I hope, you know, that they'll, they'll enjoy. Yeah. yeah. And I'd like to work with them, you know, to continue that on. Yeah. What were the differences, um, the difference between indie publishing and having, having a publisher to work with? You sound like you, you love having that publisher to work with. I'm enjoying it because I enjoyed being an indie um, published writer as well and I will still continue maybe to indie publish because you have a lot of control I, I treat my my writing as a business and um, I I have a team around me anyway because when I'm indie publishing I still have a web a, a cover designer I still have a, an editor that I employ and I have a couple of PR companies that I use too so it's very much still a team but um, Harper Impulse and um, HarperCollins, they can do things that I can't. They can, they've got a better distributorship. Um, they can get the books into the airports and the shops, uh, hopefully. And they can do a lot more for me 
um, distributorship wise than I could. And so that to me is all new and um, I find it exciting. I've got the PR department at HarperCollins there uh, working on my behalf. And I, I find that exciting. I feel like I'm advancing my career with that. Yeah, and that's an interesting point, everybody, because uh, being a hybrid author, I think, it does have its advantages because you know both sides of the business, don't you? So anything that you've learned as an indie, you can you can put that experience behind you because you'll be still promoting uh, the Backpacker's Housewife. By the way, that cover, everybody, yes, I know, I got attracted to the cover. I, I choose my guests by the covers of their books. This one is absolutely <laughs> amazing, isn't it? I love it. I did a cover brief um, and I, I just wrote down that I'd, I'd quite like um, a scene of uh, Asia, um, Thailand, and I'd like the woman to be looking at it so you see her from behind. And that's what we've got. We've, we've got the blonde-haired woman, so she could be me, but she isn't actually. <laughs> her name is Laurie. Lorraine Anderson is her name. And um, she's a woman who actually doesn't have a, a happy marriage she she comes home unexpectedly to find her husband with her best friend and that starts the book off um we meet her in bangkok and she's distraught she's literally grabbed her handbag and her passport and got on the first plane going the furthest place away wherever she can escape to so she's distraught distraught she's at rock bottom and she's doesn't realize at that point but she's going to have a, an adventure of a lifetime and that's where the book takes her yeah. I'm quite fond of her now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to be fond of her as well. What a way to go. I wonder if you can leave children, cats and dogs behind as well and off you go on these wonderful, wonderful uh, adventures. Now, you know Asia very well. I noticed on your um, mm. Facebook page that you've spent a lot of time uh, in Asia. Uh, your son's over there? Yes, one of them. We have three sons. Oh, okay, and you're in Vietnam, which is somewhere that um, is an amazing mm -hmm. place as well, isn't it? Yeah, and Cambodia recently, yes, yes. Yeah, so I'm guessing your heroines, are your heroines older heroines? Or do you do you carry that through with the other uh, 50s theme, like life begins at 50, everybody, uh, or are your heroines younger? Um, I think in the past my, my heroines have, have sort of been more mid-30s, um, falling in love, you know, that kind of thing. Um, in a, a sort of early, earlier age. But um, with the backpacking housewife, she has to be a housewife. So she's, you know, she, she's got uh, two grown-up boys, two grown-up kids, and they're leading their own lives successfully, um, obviously concerned about her when they find out what, what has happened and where she is. Um, but um, I think that it can be reflective of a time of life, um, this need for adventure that perhaps she had but then the time when she, when she realized what was going on with her marriage the time was nigh and <laughs> and off she went so maybe she always had it in her to do it and maybe she always wanted to do it with her husband but she wasn't going to let um that stop her from from having a, an adventure of a lifetime yeah, so we, we've got our strong heroines happening. I'm curious about the term housewife. Now, I wasn't the whole time I've been, uh, you know, doing my research and looking at the beautiful cover and everything, but it just hit me just then, if I use the word housewife with my children, they would mm -hmm. be horrified because the word housewife has connotations nowadays, doesn't it, uh, that it labels labels a person. And I'm guessing our young feminist um, daughters would not, never consider themselves as a housewife. Does that... Is that a word that we use anymore? 
I don't know whether it is. I'm not, I, I didn't pick it actually. Um, <laughs> it was um, chosen. It was chosen. The title was chosen um, by the by Harper Impulse. And um, when they pitched it to me, I think I actually did a little re- recoil and thought, oh, because you already have in your mind the the backpacking housewife. Okay, I can see how that can work. She's a housewife. You know, it, it, it all sorts of um, ideas are then in your head, like. She, is she on her own now? What's happened to her? What's happened to her marriage? Is she, you know, is she widowed? Is she divorced? Is she amicably divorced? Or all these questions were in my head, which is, I think, why I had to write those three chapters three times to to pitch her right, to pitch her in the way um, that would work for the whole book. Yeah, and um, it's interesting. So, yep. It's interesting, everyone. So that oh, sorry. Yeah. No, you carry on. We've got a little bit of a delay in the. <laughs> yeah, we do, everybody. The lag gets me every time. Um, mm-hmm. what, I, what I was looking at is um, it's almost a Shirley Valentine-type character, isn't it, going off and finding yourself? Because uh, that's the first thing I thought of when I when I read that. Now, Shirley Valentine is a very strong character, and I remember watching her year, years ago and just admiring her like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's I, I haven't actually seen the movie, um, I, but it was pitched to me um, when we were talking about how the style of the book and how it should be written, um, somebody mentioned Eat, Pray, Love. And again, I hadn't actually read the book and I made sure I didn't then <laughs> until I'd finished writing mine. Um, and then I did write it. So I suppose it's got that little bit of Shirley Valentine, Eat, Pray, Love, go off into the world um, as a woman and you know, have adventures, fall in love. It does have all those aspects for yeah. sure. I, th- I think we're all into this one already. When it comes to editing, did you find that there was much difference between the editing process that you put your first 12 books through and the editing process of HarperCollins? No, I found it exactly the same because um, what I like to do is uh, I write not just a first draft, I, I'll write about six drafts to make sure that I can I've made the most of the of the manuscript the best I can do at that point um, and then I would send it to an editor and I, as I sent it back to Harper Impulse um, I would have then if I was self-publishing I would have sent it to my editor who would do a structural edit and that really is just to look out for gaping plot holes inconsistencies in the story uh, the story strengths and the story weaknesses and um, all that kind of thing. And it's more like a, a report that comes back to you. And that's the structural edits. And I got them back from, um, from Harper Impulse as well to work on the book again. And I liked all the ideas that they had. Uh, I wasn't under any obligation to change the book. Uh, they were purely suggestions and they made that quite clear. Um, but hey, they, they are really good at what they do. They, I was I really appreciated their input. And um, so I worked on the book again. I found that I'd strengthened it when I sent it back to them. And then after that, it's just really um, the copy edits, uh, looking at, you know, the way the uh, the book is punctuated, set out on the page. It's a different editor again. And I would have done the same procedure had I been self-publishing. Yeah, and one of the things that is really shining through here, everyone, and I think it's the most important thing that, and the message that we give out here at Writer on the Road, and it's the message that comes across everywhere, whether you're self-publishing or whether you're uh, 
published with a traditional author, a traditional publisher, is the professionalism that you need to take with your business and the pride you take in your work. You're clearly a professional writer uh, and we've had the conversation and everybody you can tell as we've chatted that uh, Janice, you've put all years of work into this. You also do uh, travel writing. Yeah, I, I love to do that. And I started off doing it because... I wanted almost a blog um, and a timeline of our travels because even now we'll look back on two or three years ago to a place we went and my husband and I were discussing it and was and when was it we went there? Oh yes, it was May or something. And was that before we went to so and so or afterwards? And we're already getting you know a little bit muddled like because we've actually visited fifty three countries in almost five years and some we zoom through, some we um, we stay a while and. You know, we have ex- incredible experiences in all of them. But I wanted to I wanted to write it all down. I wanted to try and capture it. And I recently have changed from my original blog site at janicehorton.co.uk um, to thebackpackinghousewife.com. And I'm busy, I'm busy. I've got new posts up there, but I will actually be transposing all my older posts over to, over to the uh, .com site as well. So I, I love it. I love, um, I love writing personal posts and then I like writing destination posts, which are a little bit more journalistic, a little bit more uh, travel log. I like to mix it up um, and also talk about the things that maybe didn't go to plan um, so that people don't just think it's all um, sunshine and flip-flops. Yeah. <laughs> now you had something about the BBC. Mm. Oh, yes. Well, I've, uh, I've worked with the BBC a couple of times and uh, I've done radio interviews with them in the past. Um, and also they had a, a writing, um, sort of like a writing forum where people were involved and they wanted writers to give tips and um, sort of mentor people. It was called Right Here, Right Now. It was quite a few years ago now, but I was involved in that. And um, it was like tips that went out. Um, on a regular basis to people that signed up for it and it went out through through Radio uh, Scotland actually. Yeah have you monetized your blog? Not yet but I, I intend to. Um, the new one I've set up the backpackinghousewife.com um, I've got great plans for it. It's a much more professional looking site than my previous one which was more like a home blog so yeah I've got great plans for it. Yeah, and do you find there's much demand for for your freelance work? Do you have you been paid for your freelance work at all, or is it more um, just your personal personal? I wouldn't call it a hobby because it's more than a hobby. It's your personal mm. business to promote your brand. Um, no, I, I tend to do things that I want to do, and usually uh, to help people, either to inspire them to travel or inspire them to write, encourage people. Um, I'm actually setting up. A writing group on this island um, and we're all going to get together um, people that are interested in coming along a couple of afternoons a week and um, they do a lot of things on the island that are donation based so people will come along they won't be charged a set a set amount um, it'll be whatever they'd want to donate on the day and that money will then go to island resources to help people or animals on the island but perhaps need the help so it's a, a very backwatered Caribbean island very uh, dare I say third world here but 
um, people support each other, you know, and uh, I think that's important to help to help in that way. And I love to do it. Yeah. Now, Janice, everybody, I don't think I even mentioned, is from Scotland in the UK and um, the 53 country thing and 13 novels now coming out of that. This is a bit personal, but do you make your money out of your writing to to support your lifestyle? Um, I do earn money selling books, of course, uh, but it's not the mainstay. Um, My husband, uh, who I travel with, we had a house in the UK which we sold. We sold everything we had. We sold our business, uh, our vehicles, and so we were using that nest egg to travel, Um, but also... My husband, I'm so proud of him, actually. He's always been a passionate diver, scuba diver. And he started off five years ago as an advanced diver. He's been advanced for years. And he's now worked his way up to IDC staff instructor with Paddy. So he actually teaches as well. So I do the writing, um, and that creates a small income. Um, He does his IDC staff instructor stuff and diving, and a lot of uh, diving on conservation projects in the Caribbean here and in Asia too. So while he's doing those things, it's almost like we're traveling with purpose. And hopefully we can, we do, we live um, frugally. So we, we manage. So although you say it's a personal question, I'm sure it's one that people ask, how can you afford to travel? And uh, we're, we're not uh, glamping around the world or <laughs> anything like that. Right now we're living in a little house um, that we're renting. And rents tend to be cheaper in in places like this, especially in Asia, actually. We live very cheaply in Asia. And the house-sitting gig, we live there for free in in return for looking after the house and the properties around it and the swimming pool and and the gorgeous place that it was and the little cat. Um, So, you know, we we travel with purpose, and that purpose is really to continue to travel in the hope that we will be able to do that for as long as possible. Yeah. Now, there is something on Janice's blog, everybody, and I agree with this wholeheartedly, uh, that it seems to be a huge leap to live the lifestyle that you're living. But in fact, once you get out there, there are, or there appears to be a lot of other people doing it as well. Yeah. Once you're travelling and you meet people who are travelling, it seems normal. But I know that back home, a lot of people don't consider it to be normal. Um, they they say, don't you miss your family? Well, yes, of course. So thankfully, we live in an age where I can Skype, I can message. We chat with our kids every day. Um, I chat with my mum, uh, you know, on the Facebook Messenger video chat thing. Um, and I know she misses me. She messaged me the other day to say it's a whole year since she left because we did actually go back to the UK a year ago um, because unfortunately, Trav's mum and dad were very ill. So we did go back at that point and spent over a month back at, back at the house, back, back, at, um, back at their place. And um, so I do miss my family. But at the same time, I appreciate that they're busy. They have their own lives. Um, I say to my mum sometimes, have you seen my brothers or my sisters? And, oh, I haven't seen them. They've been, you know, they're so busy. They're doing this. They're doing that. Everybody has their busy lives. So just because you're there doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be living on each other's doorsteps because our family are actually quite scattered far and wide. Um, I have a sister that lives in Scotland, um, two sons that live in Scotland, but my other family live in England um, and South Korea and we have family in Canada. So 
all over the world. Yeah, we often um, used to joke about when we, certainly when we lived in the yacht and um, when we lived in our caravan, we wonder what the poor people are doing. And I've discovered that they're sitting in city traffic and going to corporate offices uh, because when you think of richness and you think of poverty, it's got absolutely nothing to do with money and everything to do with the lifestyle that you live. Uh, Now, you have a non-fiction book as well and I mean I'm intrigued by the title of that because one of the words has been changed on from how to what is it how to have an online you better tell yeah, us. it was how to promote online but I've crossed out promote and put party how to party online because I wrote this book a couple of years ago and it's almost part memoir because um when I was first published the very very first book I published was called when we first love and it was traditionally published And I was so excited. It took me four years to finish the book and I pitched it to a small publisher who took it. And well, that was it. You know, as far as I was concerned, I I was published and I joined the Romantic Novelist Association. And it was only then um, that I got to chat with other writers and they said, well, that just never happened. You know that? And I'm Well, it did, you know, to me. Um, But I went out on a mission to sell that book. It was like, look, I've written a book. Everyone should read it. And I couldn't walk down the street in the village in Scotland without people stopping me and saying, oh, I've read your book. (laughs) And I had a a launch party for it, invited all the family from everywhere. I had uh, book signings down in uh, the the main bookstore in, in Dumfries. Um, it was a, it was literally a party to, to uh, the whole time to to launch the book, but when my other books came along years along and I'm self publishing by this point, um, everything was online. I was expecting to sell online, so I had to switch from real life to online, and so that's where the how to party online came from. And at the time, I was organising Facebook parties, blog parties. Um, and they were really successful. There was lots of different ways that I could um, adapt to book selling, but they were all fun. And a lot of people did tend to enjoy them. There's some great reviews for that book because everybody like says laughingly, oh, remember that day we got we got put in Twitter jail and you know uh, all this kind of thing. Um, it was a lot of fun. And I think if people read that book, they might be able to adapt Uh, content marketing into the book selling strategy rather than just saying here's my book buy it Um, you know if you can make it fun for people then you're more likely to make friends who are curious about the book and then they're more likely to buy it from you that's really the epitome of it and and more and more there's so much out there on how to launch your book and there's courses on how to do all this stuff. But you're absolutely correct. If you get out there and link up with like-minded people, I mean, I don't know how many times my, I've got a friend and we both end up in Facebook jail all the time. I didn't know there was such thing as a Twitter jail as well. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, that's when you when you harass people so much that the administrators um, they block you out. Um, they put and... the plug on you <laughs> <laughs> temporarily. Yeah. It's only temporary. <laughs> and it's interesting now because Facebook ads and things. Uh, only someone 
emailed me yesterday and said that um, the the power of Facebook ads is just not what it was and you're reaching a smaller audience now. You need to go back to some of these old-fashioned ways of doing the blog parties and, and getting all your Facebook mates together in groups and, and spreading the word in other ways. Uh, yeah. But all that's free, isn't it? It just takes, I, I'm guessing, hard slog. Yeah, it's very time consuming. It's a lot of work. Um, And it's not necessarily free because an awful lot of bloggers these days who do reviews and uh, blog tours uh, do it for money. Um, I've I've used a couple of PR companies um, who who blog uh, with my self-published books. Um, And I believe that Harper Collins will have um, a, a tour organized for the backpacking housewife um maybe you know it's published on the 6th of july so maybe just after that um there'll be some kind of blog tour which i'll certainly be looking forward to i love that kind of thing yeah now everybody you can find out more details from janice on both her website and her backpacking housewife facebook page and her janice horton facebook page uh but what you need to go to both of these things because of the amazing photographs. Uh, I notice you blog and promote people's books as well. Yes, I do. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I think it's it's a give and take situation. I, I celebrate other people's successes. It's hard work to write a book. And when it's out there, you know, you need you and appreciate people to celebrate with you. Yeah, look, the generosity of um, this woman, everybody, is just shining through the screen here. Uh, I wish you every luck with the Backpacking Housewife. I'm certainly lining up to get my copy. Uh, and for those of you who are, out th- who are out there, and I didn't realise this until I came on this morning, Janice, and I want to finish up with this, mm-hmm. is that I could have got a hold of a copy of this book through Netscape or somebody. I could have gotten a hold of a copy and reviewed it here as we chatted. Actually, it's Net Galley, and um, this is something that I couldn't do myself. I don't believe as a self-published author. Uh, Net Galley is a website, and um, they work in collaboration with publishers. And um, a re- person who wants to read the book can apply for it on Net Galley, and they are approved, and they are sent a, an ARC, an advanced review copy of the book. Um, purely for the purpose of their opinion, their honest opinion. And I think that's fantastic. So, um, you know, if anybody is a serious reviewer, book blogger, um, then they can go to NetGalley and they can apply for the book. Um, if they just want to be a regular reader, um, although reviews are always valued, um, honest reviews all the time, um, they can just simply go to Amazon or iTunes or Kobo wherever they would normally buy their digital books. And um, it is it's a, a special pre-sale price, I believe. So if you buy it now, you won't get charged until public, publication day on the 6th of July. Um, but you'll, uh, you'll, ha- you'll have your book pre-ordered. And the paperback comes out just a few days later on the 12th. Yeah, and that's another advantage of um, having a traditional publisher, everybody. All that happens for you and you don't have to go to too much trouble. Uh, look, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us today, Janice. I wish oh, you all the you, best. With, yeah, The Backpacking Housewife, what's the next book? Have you got it all thought out? Um, I have another one that's finished that I will bring out towards the end of this year and it's called Island in the Sun. 
and it's a it's another romantic adventure story. It's not going to be published by Harper. Uh, they said they did actually um, have it, and I did some uh, structural uh, editorial work on it, but it's not quite their thing. It's just it doesn't quite suit their list. So that's done now, and I will bring it out next year at uh, the end of this year. Sorry, uh, self-published. But the next book, yeah, I hope it'll be after that. It'll be with Harper Impulse, and I'd like to see how that backpacking housewife does. And you never know, there could be a sequel because I there's there's a at the end of it. It's a lovely romantic ending, but uh, there could be a sequel. Oh, now we've got to read it, everybody. Look, thank you for sharing your morning with us or your afternoon over there. Uh, we love the sound of your chooks in the background. It's sort of a bit nostalgic. <laughs> uh, and, look, I wish you all the best and for your continued travels and we'd love to have you back on Rider on the Road uh, when you when you put out uh, some more of your books because it's always interesting to hear uh, the stories of people, how you work so very, very hard and then you're suddenly an overnight success because it's clear that years of work have gone into that success and your professional attitude and I think everybody what goes around comes around you're very generous um your generosity and your sharing with people and helping people along the way as well so we wish you all the best thank you thank you Melinda it's been fun bye from Rudder on the Road